Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I want you to become the best version of you possible. I want you to jump out of bed. I want you to be excited to be alive. I want you to be out there in the workforce, in your business, absolutely killing it. So today we're going to talk about becoming the best version of you. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Hey, John. How are you? Hey, good, Glenn. You? Oh, not too bad. Vanessa Bennett, welcome to My Millennial Money. Oh, thank you very much. Great to be here. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you. Vanessa, you've got a business called Next Evolution Performance. Correct. And this is... I'm excited for this episode, John. I'm more excited. This is right up my alley. John, like, (laughs) he lives with this stuff. Um, So, tell us the elevator pitch of your background uh, and where you are with uh, Next Evolution Performance. Sure, yes. So, my background is actually financial services. I worked there for a long time and I also have always taught fitness classes part-time on top of my full-time work, still do. And I found that in financial services, there was a lot of people getting burnt out, especially during the global financial crisis. Whoever was still left in a job was doing the work of three people. (laughs) So, people were really getting, really getting just crazily burnt out and it was just unnecessary. What I didn't realize was because I was so fortunate from working in the fitness industry, I knew a lot of these hacks and I got access to a lot of this information before the corporates get it. So, I was kind of doing this for myself. Then I started doing it for the team that I was leading, worked really well. Um, we hit all of our targets during the global financial crisis, which Great. I'm really excited about yeah, still. It's a big win. Um, and yeah, that was when I went, you know what, I think, I think this thing's got legs. So, I thought, well, uh, luckily enough, I was able to meet up with my great business partner as well and uh, she was doing something similar so we just went you know what this has got some legs let's do this globally and and see how we go and and seven years later we haven't looked back and it's just getting more and more scientific which is great and so Mm. now I'm also studying my uh doing my master's in psychology and neuroscience of mental health so there's just more and more information coming out that wasn't even available 10 years ago massive isn't it yeah Yeah. so one-on-ones and corporate so you a combination of both. Basically. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we do one-to-one coaching, and we also do we do workshops for teams. We do open workshops as well, so anyone can mm. come along at a really great price point to experience what we do for a day and get a really good, right. uh, really good takeaway tools for them to leave with and start implementing straight away. Yeah. Excellent. And for those laying in bed or um, chilling on the lounge while you're listening to this, and you are interested. What's your website, just so people can have a look before we get into this? Sure. It's www.nextevolutionperformance.com. Sweet. So, this is just, you know, there is so, so many distractions in life. There are so, so many nice things to eat. There are so, so many stresses. Life is just nuts and we just run around in circles and wonder why we're wound up, wonder why someone cutting us off in the car jacks us up. Like so many of us, or maybe I'm just talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was before I got out of the house. (laughs) So I won't cut you off in a car park then. (laughs) So my whole thing is like people might be thinking, you've got a freaking money podcast, Glenn. Why have you got Vanessa on? Well, I want you to do very well with your life. And that often means... To have a good life, you need money. To get money, you need a job. To do well at that job and your relationships and in life, you've got to be the best version of you. So, how do we become the best version of you, of us, of we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Well, so- there's a lot to it. So, we, we call it physical, mental, neural. So, we want you to maximize your energy. Like, can you remember the last time you tried to work on something when you were really tired? 
And how did that work out? Probably not so good. I was going to say <laughs> this is the last recording we've done today, so <laughs> <laughs> not great. It's like the, the last uh, sitting at the end of the conference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's that thing. It's like how often have you had to get a report done and it's 11.30 at night and your eyes are hanging out of the head and you're like, why yeah. am I even bothering? Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah, it's so true. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we've got the maximum amount of energy available possible. So what successful people always know is how to really take control and manage their own energy. So this is very different to managing time. So we're a little bit controversial on this one. We're really not into managing time, but people manage that because it's quantifiable. Okay, so what we've done is to put this idea of what we call energy credits. So imagine you at your best is where you have 100 energy credits. And the trick is, is if you don't have 100, you don't get to spend 100. So if you're only kind of waking up with 60, well, that's all you've got to spend for the day. So it's just like a money situation, right? If you want more money and assuming there's no borrowing facilities, you've got two choices. You can earn more or you can spend less. So what we want to help people do on the first side of things is to help them spend less energy credits. So that's a way that you can save and feel better. Mm. So, yeah. So, right. I'm, I'm little Johnny in the front row just itching to put my hand up and ask a question. <laughs> you, you've got $100 in the bank. Yeah. You physically know you've got 100 sitting there, don't you? With energy and, and um, effort, I find – because I came reverse. I, went, I was fitness industry and then into financial services, right? So, I've, I've got that whole thing. But – how do I know I'm working at 100% or I've got 100 energy credits? Yeah, exactly. So, that's, it's different for everyone. Okay. So, some people will think that they've got 100 energy credits and someone else will look at them and go, really? That's your 100? Hmm, okay. I and look, other people- I, I look like I've got 150 <laughs> hanging off me. A lot of energy here. <laughs> and yet other people will go, oh, I'm only about 90. And you look at them and think- oh my goodness, like you're crushing it, Yeah, you know, and they're amazing. So it's really an arbitrary thing and we want people to realise that everyone is different in terms of what is the best for them and that's okay. You know, we spend so much time comparing ourselves to everyone else that's out there and, oh, they look like they've got heaps of energy and heaps of money and da-da-da and it's like, well, do you need that much? Maybe mm. not. So it's really getting to a point where you feel that – your 100 is where you want to be. That's feeling like you've got great amount of energy, great amount of balance, everything's kind of working the way that it should. So if that's how it's feeling and you're just kind of crushing through things, well, that's awesome and that's your 100. Yeah. So if you can get that feeling of what that is and then kind of go work backwards from that. So you sort yeah, of think, okay, bottle it. yeah, do I sort of feel like I've got that anymore? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. And so we take a three-pronged approach. We look at physical, mental and neural. So physical is things like fitness, nutrition, sleep, alcohol, natural light, work environment, traffic, anything that's affecting your physical being. Okay. So for, for me personally, I find even just having to commute in rush hour traffic drains a bucket load of energy credits. So if I can avoid that, yeah. that saves heaps. Well, that's, that's so comforting because I've got an event tomorrow morning in the city here. Any morning events I've got in the city, I stay the night before Yeah, because good. I just can't do the peak hour traffic anymore because I get there's too much of a chance of it unnecessarily working me up and not being mm. best version best version of mm. me when I get to the event or perfect. meeting yeah that's a perfect way to understand what drains your energy okay and so it can be things it can be tasks it can be people gosh how many people have you asked them how they are and that's 15 minutes of your life you can't get back but <laughs> yeah, probably 20 yeah. energy well, credits and then that's the thing that <laughs> I wanted to ask next was why then does something affect someone but not someone else? Yes, like, is, is that attitude, is it the, the way we were born, genetics? Like, what, what makes that up? That's everything. So, no two human brains are created the same. Okay, so different people are going to be annoyed by different things. And when you look at the mental side of things, this is a really big piece. Okay, so now what we know about even what's come out around depression and anxiety and things like that, even just um, the intersection between psychology and neuroscience, it's both. So we now know that there's, um, a, there's a lot of genes that are associated with having a predisposition to suffering depression and anxiety. And there's really 
two what we call polymorphisms, which is like disruptions in genes. Um, there's two of those which are which can really affect it, and one reacts more with childhood adversity, and one reacts more with stressful life events. So if you've got a polymorphism on your BDNF gene. All right, your brain-derived nootropic um, factor, if you've got that and then you couple uh, stressful life events with that, then that's just a cocktail. Yeah, good good night nurse. yeah, Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So it depends on your genetics. It depends on your upbringing. It depends on your belief systems. Uh, it depends on the sum of your experiences and how you've been taught to react to stressful life events. So this idea of resilience, people say that, oh, you've got to have a bad experience to build resilience. No, actually you don't. So training your brain mentally, think about the way that we train our bodies physically. Okay. We now know that we can do that to avoid physical illness. We actually now know that we can train our brains mentally every day to avoid mental illness. Mm. And that's pretty cool. We didn't even know that. So it's like this world that we live in now, if I draw it back, because my default's like, how do I relate that to personal finances? Mm. You've taken the time to build an emergency fund with your savings, three months of expenses. So a little hiccup isn't a catastrophe. So what I'm saying is, you get laid off. You're not running and getting a credit card and running up debt at the worst time possible when you don't have a job yeah. because you've put the training in to build that emergency fund so the hiccup yeah. isn't a catastrophe. You're riding the storm, aren't you? Yeah, yeah weathering yeah. the storm financially. So I don't know if that leads to anything to do with our mental resilience and exercises like that. So you know, the thing in the traffic, someone cutting me off, it doesn't trigger me. It's yeah. just, uh, oh, well, what do you do? Like, mm. And yeah. I, I had to learn that as well. It's yeah. like, no, why am I getting jacked up about the smallest thing that isn't the biggest problem when there's freaking people going without food and shelter tonight? Yeah, yeah. And the thing with men's health at the moment and mental depression and suicide and everything else, without getting too deep, is, well, the old school was just toughen up and get on with it and don't talk about it, mm. whereas now it's completely reverse, isn't it? So resilience is all different kinds in today's world. Yeah. Well, one of the best things that we find, it's, it's, it all comes down to neuroplasticity. So the, the brain actually has the ability to change shape. So the thing is with neuroplasticity is that if you don't understand it, because our brains are wired for defense, your brain is used to going to the negative. So if you don't intercept that and you don't consciously choose to control your thoughts. So we we literally call it attentional control. So if you can control your attention to go, hang on, no, I'm having a negative thought. Okay, I should think about something else. Okay, that's a great way when you've got mental fitness. But if someone's already quite depressed, telling them to just, oh, just think about that more positively, that doesn't work. So it's just like you could get a couch potato to run a marathon and you could get someone who can always run 10Ks to run a marathon, but the training programs – very different. You can't start at the same spot. So one of the things that we really love, and this is a great takeaway tool for people to literally they can start doing it right now, is we call it hashtag crushing life. And what it does is just a really simple way to build positive neural pathways because you can't have a negative thought at the same time as you have a positive thought. It is neuroscientifically impossible. So if you think about um, a situation and some people call it gratitude or what went well, we call it hashtag crushing life. It's just super simple way to go, let's get excited about the really dumbest, stupid, but awesome things. Like you get a great car park, hashtag crushing life. And okay, in Sydney, that is kind of a big deal, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but the, grain, the brain can't tell the difference mm. between something that is little that you make big versus something that is massive, like, you know, winning $150 million yeah. in the lottery. Yeah. Okay. So if you choose to make it big, that's awesome. So get your friends involved. You know, I did this with a friend of mine. We went to, we went to Byron Bay for a week and this was a few, this was years ago. And we would, we, we tried this, like we literally did it for a week and we said, okay, we feel like Japanese for dinner tonight. Oh my God, there's a Japanese restaurant right there. Hashtag crushing life. They had the almond milk that we wanted in Woolworths at Byron Bay. So that deserved a hashtag crushing life. Happy dance, which you can do in Byron Bay with no one. No, even that's flinching, normal. By the way, that's, that's expected totally there, isn't it? So, you know, <laughs> give that a crack. Um, but it was just a really great way to just 
practice. And so anyone at any level of mental fitness, regardless of where they are in that mental health continuum, because you don't have mental health one day and then mental ill health the next, Mm. there's a continuum. But regardless of where you are, it's just a great way to practice it. And I still practice it to this day. So if I, you know, come out here after this and I long jump onto a, onto a bus and I just make it, I'll message my partner, hashtag crushing life, just made the bus. So that kind of stuff. Question. And I'm just, you know, default to the negative because yeah. that's who I are. <laughs> well, that's human because yeah. it's defense. So, it's, it's survival. Do we have danger mm-hmm. of hashtag crushing life or the gratitude thing of building us up mentally so if anything bad happens, we're picking up what I'm putting yeah, down? Yeah, well, like, I, I do, but I disagree like, with oh, it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Let's And we're working through this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, hashtag no, crushing saying. life. Oh, yeah. my brother got murdered yesterday. That's that's ah, like no, that's yeah. not ideal. Yeah. Um, but what it would do is it would help you to have better neural pathways to be dealing with that situation. Yeah. Okay. So Thank you. positive psychology um, studies that were done just around the turn of the century. This is quite new as well. Um, they actually studied that kind of situation where they looked at people who were already having fairly good positive thinking and and whatnot the day before the Twin Towers crashed. And they looked at the recovery rates of people mentally, of people who had lost spouses in the World Trade Center. And if you have a good level of mental fitness – Sure, it's something that you're never going to recover fully from, but they're getting on with life. Whereas the people who didn't have a great level of mental fitness to start with, uh, barely getting out of bed 12 months later. And we are assuming that there is no clinical issues. Correct, yes. In this discussion right now. That's right. But I will say as well, there's a book and it's a mind trip and read it if you want to go on an adventure called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes, yep. And the, it's a great book. It got a bit weird, but <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is, and I use it in my own life, and I'm talking to you right now if you're in Darwin, if you're in Adelaide, wherever you are driving your car, yep. if you're going through a bad time right now, whether it's money, relationship, health, okay, we're here now, we've got two options. We can have faith in this situation that it will get better, or we can have fear. Like you said, only one can exist at one time. Yeah. So, if you are going through hell at the moment, you've got a decision to make. And that is, can we get through this or have you admitted defeat? Mm. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. And what we find is another one of the tools that, that we get people to use, which is, again, very easy to explain, a little harder to implement, but it's, um, it's a good way of thinking about it. We call it change, accept or remove. In any situation – it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a big big decision or a little decision or dealing with, um, you know, horrible things that happen to people and health issues and things like that. We only ever have well, – or we, we always have three choices. We have to work out what can we change, okay, and if we can't change something or change our response to it, then – what can we accept? Okay. So if you get some form of medical diagnosis or something like that, well, you might just need to accept that. Okay. Yeah. Like fighting, it's not, that's just going to take energy credits. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a certain level of acceptance. Can you remove yourself from the situation? Well, probably not from a medical diagnosis. So it's like, well, what are we going to do to actually deal with the situation? Like running around complaining about something, not, not ideal. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. what but- that also does is it helps you to kind of choose do you want to spend energy credits on certain things? Yeah. So the change, except remove kind of goes, hang on, do I want to spend energy credits complaining about something or yeah. do I want to give energy credits to what mm. am I going to do about it? Yeah. A, a friend from growing up childhood always said, improvise, adapt and overcome. Yeah, great. Um, Isn't that the Marines or something? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe where he got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, but what I find, and this is maybe some personal uh, advice for me, is – Trying to show others how to do that is obviously what you do on a daily level because you, you try and tell someone to, what to do and it doesn't work, no, right? That's right. So you've it's got to idea. either lead or you've got to empower or you've, what are your tips and tricks for people around you? Because I know my eight-year-old, it's like, well, grit your teeth and, and um, try your best sort of thing. But do you mm. know what I'm 
starting yeah. there. So it depends on on who we're starting with. So again, it depends on their levels of mental fitness to start with. You know, we can't just say someone who's really feeling down and going through a hard time. No, oh, just think differently. Yeah, no, we've got to start them with really baby steps. Like yeah, that couch potato that we just need to get them into the running shoes first. Yeah, and that's the first challenge. So we need to look at it as to what's going on, what's their situation, what's their natural level of mental fitness to start with, um, and then we can start to diagnose where are the issues coming from. But one thing we we really do find is it's around this idea of are you going to be a victim or are you going to do something about a situation? So, And if, that's as well the faith or fear. It's the- Yeah, that's right. So if people – there's a really great book, which <laughs> I so wish I'd written, but I don't need to because it's already out there. Yeah. Um, it's by Ryan Holiday and it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And it's a really great summary of so many different situations where you say, okay, there's going to be that situation that comes up. 90% of people would look at that situation as an obstacle. Yeah. The 10% of people, the high performers, would look at something as an opportunity. Mm. And this can happen in everything. Like we saw this in, um, we'll think about it in financial markets, okay? Global financial crisis and whenever we have something like that, you know, again, in some way, shape or form, um, is it an obstacle where people yeah. go, oh, this is the end of the world or is it an opportunity to buy in while everything's low? You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's, it's about some things that you can control and some things that you can't, but how do you want to respond to things? And the people where it's always like, oh, this person made me feel a certain way. No, you chose to respond in a certain way. No one can actually make you feel a certain way. Yeah. You know, and that's very, do you take self-responsibility? Yeah. Or do you try to, you know, put blame on other people as to what's going on with you? Yeah. And it's, I mean, all this stuff again, like you want to make the best life possible and the best version of you, you get that nailed. If you get that thing in the mirror, looking and feeling and operating Mm. well, I guarantee, I promise you, the money will take care of itself. Absolutely. So, we don't actually have to worry and focus about the money because John and I and Vanessa, we want you to have a great career. We want you to kill it in the marketplace. We want you to kill it in the workforce Yeah. and invest money and be wealthy so you can live a good life, you can be generous and you can, I don't know, be killing it. But I, I just want to swing back around to, we made the comment about this we're talking about this stuff assuming that there's no kind of clinical depression mm. or anxiety yeah. issue. Yeah. If you are – because I'll share my little journey for two seconds. I felt like crap for years. And it was to the point where I was in London in the middle of Piccadilly Circus and I was the saddest I've ever been. But like a deep sadness. And I couldn't think myself out of the situation with my self-awareness. I'm like, why am I still upset? And then I was at home. I was like, I've got a brand new house by the beach. There's people going without food. Why am I still feeling like this? It was depression. I didn't know it. So, what I would say to anyone listening, if you have been through stuff like that and you just can't get out of the rut, just go and have a chat to your GP. So, I take Effexor now once a day. And as soon as I got that under control and treated, I made more money (laughs) Like, <laughs> I started my business in a horrendous way with depression yeah. and anxiety and they kind of swapped between the others. But, you know, I was 27 when that kind of got diagnosed. For the first three years of my business, it was a train wreck. Yeah. Once I was mentally stronger and back up to a normal playing ground, then I could actually work on this stuff that we're talking about today. Yeah, that's right. So- and, I've ma- and I made more money than ever before. Once I got the thing in the mirror operating right. Yeah, exactly. So, all that to say, if you are struggling, please, I don't know, send them my millennial money Facebook group a message. Tell it, like, just tell someone and we can send you a link or something Mm. because it's, I thought it was normal to feel that way, but it's, it's not. Absolutely. And, and you're right. You know, sometimes it's a genetic thing which plays out, you know, from quite early on in the piece. So, this can start as early as, you know, 10 to 15 years old. Yeah. I, and I look back and I think I had it from childhood. Yeah. Like yeah. all day long. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Key, key parts of my life. Uh, I think it, I yeah. look back and go, oh my gosh, that was bloody childhood anxiety, depression. Like, uh, so yeah, mm. I, I don't want to get too down on it, but I just want to position this part of the conversation to say, 
chemically right, yeah. for want of a better word. And as a, as a child with that, you it's too hard to un- understand what the hell that is, like other than the fact that it's it's almost like poor old me, like I'm always sad and upset, isn't it? Like mm. it, Whereas an adult, yeah. you maybe can understand it a little bit more because uh, you're more aware, I suppose. Well, exactly. So, you know, and then there's the um, – uh, so if there's issues with neurotransmitters like serotonin and things like that, that's the one that interacts with childhood adversity. So that can be harder at that time. The BDNF is with stressful life events and that's probably more of what I had. I was similar but I didn't – like I had a two-year two year period mm. um, with depression, anxiety and panic disorder. Mm. And I tell you what, out of the three of those, it's the panic disorder yeah, I don't ever want you. to have again. Yeah. Holy smokes, that's not good. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I got to the point where I couldn't uh, even drive in a car in tunnels. Really? Do you know how long it takes to drive around Sydney when you have to avoid tunnels? Yeah. So- <laughs> but, but it's weird. Like I, I guess I just decided to talk about this openly now because the stigma, if I said, oh, John, yeah. I, I was feeling a bit down, so I now take an SNRI. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or an SSRI. Like, that's cool. But if you say the word antidepressant, it's this this different thing. So, for Mm -hmm. those, I don't know, we probably need to move on, but I just want to drill home that the Medicaid, like, can you just explain how an SNRI or an SSRI works? Yeah. So, basically, um, in a lot of cases, it's it's a lack of neurotransmitters getting through, but what happens is it's the actual receptors that are the issue and that it's stopping, uh, it, it's stopping the reuptake of the happy hormones is, yeah, that's the moral to the yeah. story, okay? Yeah. Stopping the reuptake. So, what the drugs will do is it will help the reuptake right. of the happy hormones. So, that's what you want to have. So, that can be really useful chemically. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's people who probably in about 10% of cases, you know, that that would make sense to do that. And and it doesn't always work. So, antidepressants will probably only work in about 50% of cases as well. So, that's because there's different causes genetically of that so um you know I, I i didn't take any medication for mine but mine was very much with thought processes i had no problems like i had the perfect childhood my parents still to this day have date night at the sheraton every tuesday and thursday night like you know nothing to see here about my childhood um you know i went to all the good schools all fine um you grew up in the set but, of the truman show yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely which was fantastic uh, but the problem was i didn't learn any resilience because yeah. i didn't need it Ah, so it was I, your belief systems? Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh, nothing's ever going to go wrong. Yeah, because the bubble's beautiful. Of course. And they you know, whack. And then all yeah. of a sudden a few things happen and they happen together. And mm. so that's quite often the stressful life events where one of them individually probably would have been fine. Yeah. I had three all together and with no level of mental fitness and resilience because I just never had it. And so that was a perfect cocktail. Now I was able to get through that with thought processes, so I could do it that way. But um, but holy smokes, if I could have avoided that by someone telling me how to prevent it, that would have been useful information, people. And so, I think it's, <laughs> and it starts in schools, right? Yeah, I know. That's it, right. That's and where then, it needs to. They're getting it a bit better now, but I yeah. still don't know that it's necessarily where it needs to be. And there's only so much the schools can do if the parents don't know this, and the parents don't know how parents to do it. Parents don't know it as well. Yeah, it's yeah. just so so important. To just to chat to somebody if you're mm. not feeling like something's right because it could be environmental. Like you could get a bit of reaction to reactionary depression mm. if you're in a bad time in a relationship or if your yeah. work sucks. Mm-hmm. You could be getting depressed, but it's not chemically. It's the situation that's mm. actually bringing you down. Yeah. 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 I, I get depressed every time I do this bloody podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Depending on who the guest is. Yeah, no. It's, so the, the, it's the co-host, John Pigeon. And that's why I love that change, accept, remove um, yeah. model is is you've got three options here. Just choose one of them. Yeah, that's right. And so what that does is it really helps, helps p- people to deal with things mentally. So when we talk about that physical, mental, neural, you know, the mental is the mindset for success and the beautiful byproduct of when you get that bit right, you'll also – be able to prevent any mental health problems that may come further down the track. So we're very much around prevention. Obviously, if people are in that space, we can certainly help them, but we want to make sure that we're really helping people with the prevention piece as well and that way that they can be at their best always. So that's kind of the the physical and mental side of things. And then the neural piece is how do we help people structure their days, weeks, months, and years?
years yeah. to spend less energy credits unnecessarily. So that's a classic example. If you're working on a report at 11.30 at night, well, of course, it's going to take three times longer than it might otherwise take you unless yeah. you're a full-blown night owl, in which case go, go right ahead. Yeah, but, um, but someone would say, well, I need to do that to get ahead. You know, I need to do that to climb the corporate ladder. I need to do some after study so I can earn more money. You know, everyone's got a reason for doing that. Yeah, I'm so pleased you brought that up, John, and it's very much a belief system. So, you know, so many people were taught at school, hard work is good. Yeah. Okay, work harder, work harder. So now we've got this mindset where unless I feel like I'm killing myself, I'm not justifying my existence. But unfortunately... That's not that's the old school idea of productivity, but now we've got a whole stack of neuroscience and the intersection of that with psychology to back it up that that's not the most effective way for your brain to function. So no. we look at everything from a how do we get your prefrontal cortex, which is the executive function in your brain, the part that um, thinks rationally, thinks logically, can analyze things. We need that to be in tip-top condition every day. And the thing is, you've only got about six hours a day maximum. So average, four. But I'm going to give all of your listeners the benefit of the doubt that they are all awesome and they can train it to about six hours. But that's still not a lot in the scheme of things. And most people get try to do 12 and then get frustrated Why? and give, give, give energy credits to being frustrated about trying to do something that was never neuroscientifically possible in the first place. Yeah. So yeah. We, have to, we have to teach people how to manage their cognitive load so that if they still need to work those hours, they can, but they've got to manage that during the day because otherwise once you're out, you're out. So yeah. And, and just- without this being a rant for the education system, yeah. um, <laughs> it's going to be. We, we, we teach kids for too long every day. Yeah. Like they, they're, they're forced to sit in a classroom for too long and they can't physically concentrate for that long. And as a result, they start to fall behind and the rest is history sort of thing. So, yeah, that's it's an true. example, isn't it? And there's, so there's a few issues there. And we, we have um, three great tools that we get people to use. And at our workshops, we go through each of them and they can literally start implementing as soon as they leave. But it's this idea around um, one of them is we call personal pace. And it's this idea that the average attention span, according to neuroscience, is about 40 to 45 minutes. But that's average. Yeah. And that's made up of some brains that want to focus for hours and other brains who have got the attention span of a goldfish. Yeah, what up? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, have we, have we lost you that, that Glenn? Are you doing right? There's two of those um, in this room. <laughs> and so what we want to get to with people is this idea that you want to work with your natural attention span, not against it. So, again, you know, we've all been taught get in your room do your homework and don't come out until it's done. And we're all taught that you've got to focus for longer and focus until the task is done. Well, if your attention spans 25 minutes and your task goes for three hours, that's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. You've actually, (laughs) for the first time in my long life, it's made a lot of sense because a lot of time people would be like, oh, what are you doing working on a Sunday? And I say the best version of me is I work when I feel like it. Yeah. Mm. And Mm. like yesterday, it was Monday, I was repotting plants in the backyard. (laughs) Oh, I just felt like it. Um, The week before, I came off um, two trips to Melbourne consecutive and we did a lot of work down there. The Monday and Tuesday, I think my um, energy credits were fried because the Monday and Tuesday, I literally chilled and watched James Bond movies like because I just couldn't give out. But the overarching problem is the guilt. Yes. And do you know how many energy credits guilt takes of mm. any description? Yeah. Yeah. So when you feel like you should be doing that, but you're not doing that and da 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 da. Because society like has programmed us. Yeah. You've got to be a nine to fiver. Yeah. That's, right. that's a bugbear, isn't it? Who said it needs to be eight hours a day? We're still working like we're in the industrial revolution yeah. and yet we've got the technology to work however we like. Now, obviously, we've got to have certain crossover with people that we work with. And, and the responsibilities. And things and, yeah. like that. Sure, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, clients, if you're in a client-facing role, but there's a lot more flexibility that people can use that they're really not at this stage. And so we help them to, similar to like what athletes do, there's no way that an athlete, say you've got a marathon runner, they're not training 42.2 kilometres at pace every single day. Mm. They'll burn out. So we want to help them 
to structure their days, their weeks, their months, their years so that on a daily basis you're managing cognitive load so that you don't overspend on your energy credits because that's just a fast pace to burnout. And so often, you know, what we encourage people to do is that um, having recovery time, just like athletes, you know. Have well, that you, was like my yoga. Monday yesterday, exactly. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, gardening. have your recovery time and your recovery time is not lazy as we've been taught. Your recovery time is a very important part of your productivity and performance plan. So if you can change your mindset around that to kind of go, you know, I was coming back from a work trip and, and I'm like, oh, I really should work on some presentations. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I just don't feel like it. So I, I binge watch Big Bang Theory all the way from Perth yeah. and I'm like, it's crushing life. <laughs> yeah, no. and, uh, and it was exactly what I needed to do and I went perfect perfect way for me to just have my productivity plan I just needed some downtime and that's okay and mm. there was no point in me giving energy credits to feeling guilty about that it's like pff, is what it is this is great how is technology part uh, playing a part in all of this because people's downtime in a lot of cases nowadays is um, looking at some sort of screen device right is, does that chew up a lot of energy credits um, even though they think they're recovering they're not yeah, look, I mean, it can be a little bit mindless. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily to say, okay, we've. Like, I'm really, I'm quite against a digital detox. Yeah. Okay, which I know goes against what most people talk in the whole well-being space and everything. But you know, we're all about performance, not just mm. that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, and so digital is useful. Yeah. You know, I mean, I needed the James Bond movies <laughs> the other day to <laughs> exactly. chill out. Yeah. That's right. That's useful. You know, I find like you'd have a digital detox. That's just stupid. I, I can't navigate my way through anything. So Google Maps for me, best thing since yeah. sliced bread. Why would I want to deprive myself yeah. of that? So we want to make sure that we're using it for good, not for evil. Yeah. So um, it's more of a – people just need a bit of a, um, a digital reality check. It's like do I really need to be scrolling? You might give yourself allocated time on mm. Instagram or Facebook or, you know, if you're communicating with other people, that's totally fine. Um, but – you know, you use make use technology for you rather than be a slave to technology, which is what most people yeah, are. Yeah. So most people just need to redefine how they use it sure. rather than and, and I think detox. what you're getting at, John, it's like, yes, two hundred years ago I didn't drift off to sleep two seconds after looking at my freaking iPhone and Instagram feed. Yeah. So mm. and even like when I was gardening yesterday, I didn't have my phone, it was inside mm. and I my head like I was just I went for an hour or so without the phone. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. I don't know. It's just I've been really personally challenged lately. Like I now don't sleep with my phone next to my bed. I Good. bought an alarm clock. Yeah. I leave it downstairs to charge. Yeah. But it's mm. just so weird because I thought like, oh, what if there's an emergency and someone dies and they got to call me during the night? But I was thinking, okay, if I look back, that's never happened. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very low chance. <laughs> That's right. It's a very yeah, low chance of happening. Upside versus downside analysis. And I thought, yeah. I'm, I'm even tempted when I see my parents next, I'm like, hey, just letting you know, if any of you die, uh, you can't call me during the night because you're dead. <laughs> uh, but the other one who survives, just know in the morning I'll be able to return the call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so true because a lot of people have trouble winding down from being on the phone. And even if you just go, I'll oh, just check my email one more time. Well, what happens if there's an email there that you do want to do something about? Well, that's like you're not going to get to sleep. No. And if you're not sleeping properly, there's another great book by Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep. I'm reading it at the moment. Yes, it's amazing, Shut isn't it? up, everyone. <laughs> Phenomenal. I am for yep. people listening, um, I don't want to give it away, but every <laughs> year I buy bulk Christmas presents for people. Yeah, good. Booktopia. So, well, <laughs> last year I bought everyone. I bought 30 ice cream scoops. The year before I bought 30 Ultra Soft Swiss toothbrushes and I wrap them up. Who knows what everyone's going to get this year, but <laughs> I've just read an amazing book that a lot of people need to read. Yeah, it's fantastic and mm. it just really shows you that – I'll put a link in the show notes to that yes, book via my please. Amazon account so I can get an affiliate marketing. There yeah. you go. So, uh, yeah, no, it's a really great book to just understand like literally the why behind it. Like when mm. you understand why you need a certain amount of hours of sleep, like you're like, wow, I really need to do what I need to do. So, yeah. checking your phone before bed is really not the best thing that you can do. No. Or um, when you get up first thing. 
Yeah. And, and everyone's different on that one as well. So again, it depends on whether you're a morning person and how you want to you know attack the day and things like that. I go a little bit left of center on that one. I don't mind just kind of scrolling through a few things that have come through overnight, just, you know, delete, delete, deal with forward, da, 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 da. Cause then by the time I hit my desk, then I feel like, ah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done. A, I'm a and I don't exercise in the morning. I exercise at lunch. I'm super productive in the afternoons. Yeah. So I manage myself mm. accordingly. So what we, what we, we're a little bit against as well is this, you know, everyone eat the frog, which is yeah. the most important thing uh. first. Well, actually, if you're not a morning person, you're not going to be using your energy credits until later and that's okay. Yeah. So, you know, but just make sure it's scheduled is for the time that you can do that. So Play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. And knowing Absolutely. what they are. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think, Vanessa, that you can be – you, you are a morning person or an evening or Definitely, yeah. definitely. And you can't and train yourself to be one or the other. Oh, you can try, but you use a lot of energy credits. Do and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share a little secret with you on this one is that I my natural sleeping hours are probably 11 till 7. My fiancé is 8 till 4. So. <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't – like the thought of exercise, like all these people that just go, oh, you've got to get up and run a half marathon before work and be really productive. I'm like – Shut up. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Okay. Like You just don't. What, right. <laughs> what we said before, like John would never stay in the city the night before a morning session. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I'll just get up at 3.30 and get on with it. Like, <laughs> That's right. There's no rush hour at 5 yeah. a.m. No. So, but <laughs> no I'm at playing all. to my strength. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Which oh. I haven't worked out yet. And yeah. I'll, I'll never rib you about it again. Well, I'm just not playing to my weakness. Mm. That's, well, about, about 60% of the people are morning people, which is why the world is skewed to morning people and why so many time management, which, mm. you know, we're now on energy yeah. management people. Um, and that's why so many things are skewed to, to morning people. And then about 20% are your classic night owls and they're the ones that we feel really sorry for because the world is just not built for them. No, I know. Unless they want to, you know, have a job in a different country. New York maybe. And, yeah, that's right, and work via, via from Australia, then that would work really well. Um, and then there's probably about another 20 people, 20% which – kind of I fall into and that's more that, you know, about 10 a.m. we're starting to fire. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, after lunch, great. Let's well, carve this can up. You, can you see that board up there? Yeah, exactly. The first Look where meeting <laughs> today. Well, the first – we had some interviews today. The first one was at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. Because realistically before that time, yeah. you're not getting the best version of Glenn. There you go. And for me, Johnny, just so you know. Yeah. I think I already product- know. Yeah, anyway. My productive time – Probably 2 p.m. till 8 p.m. Mm. Yep. Now you're when, on. You're yep. in your prime time now. Yeah. yeah. So 90 energy credits. The extra 10 can I get from coffee? Yeah. <laughs> uh, short term, yes. <laughs> but it'll crash quite quickly. Actually, no, caffeine's not bad. You have that in the morning. That's actually quite good for neurogenesis. So creation of new neurons. Yep. Um, that's really useful to help prevent um, mental health problems as well. So caffeine's not as cool. bad a wrap. Just like, you know, well, one, our, one or two and in the morning. A awesome. recent episode with um, the Newcastle of University, Newcastle University, um, Professor Claire Collins, who's like the nutrition chick of Australia, um, the caffeine and the coffee research isn't bad at all. No. Yeah, that's uh, right. So we're not really against that. So we'd say, you know, if you say, say you've got 60 energy credits and you want more, the first trick to do is you've got to spend less of them unnecessarily. Because yeah. if you've only got 60 and you're spending 60 or trying to spend even more than that, you've got nothing to invest in energy giving activities. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to sit on the couch and have a glass of wine. But mm. you can't say to someone who's completely exhausted, I'll just go for a run, you'll feel amazing. Mm. No, you'll kill them. Yes. Okay, we need to make sure that we've saved some energy credits to be able to go and do that in yeah. the first place. And then we can get more. So we can build it up slowly. So we spend less, we invest some more, and then eventually that 60 becomes 70, becomes 80, becomes 90, and then that becomes your new normal of yeah. 90 to 100. Sure. Okay, mm. you've worked with a lot of very high income earners, top performers. Any key habits that you see, because we'll wrap it up, or any low-hanging fruit that we can implement today to become the best version of us? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, there's so many. Where would I start? Yeah. Um, but I know I think uh, broadly speaking, they all understand energy management rather than time management. And so they're very, very clear on what's worthy of them spending their energy credits on and what's not. Um, they lose the guilt factor because, again, that's not a worthy use of energy credits. If you're at work, be at work. If you're at home, be at home. Don't feel guilty about that. Um, and one of the other things that we, we'd say to people is learn how to say no. 
Love it. No is a full sentence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so, so much time we feel guilty because, oh, we should be doing this, we should be doing that, or we've said yes and now I don't want to. It's like, well, if you know you're not going to want to do it, like, just I, don't. I'm learning to do that. When someone says, oh, I'm moving house, can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've well, always said no. Yeah, I always have. But I say, look, absolutely, I can't but I'm legitimately happy to contribute $200 ah, for you to get someone to help you yeah. uh, because I would like to help. I'm just not lifting your crap. Yeah, fair call. But fair people call. get weird about that. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just being honest with them. I don't actually – I don't want to move my own crap. Why would I move yours? It's the best yeah. policy, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I don't I don't cook. Like, I just – I don't. Yeah. All right? And and it just drains my energy. I would rather – I spend less energy credits speaking in front of a thousand people than I would getting <laughs> to cook. five o'clock <laughs> and going, oh, what's for dinner? Oh, that's really annoying. Now, I'm really lucky that my fiancé loves cooking, which is amazing. But I was going to um, say, I might have to argue that one. Yeah. Like, Amy tonight when I get home. <laughs> I just don't yeah. cook, though. You know, it's like it, – it's know what drains your energy. You know, so know is what a heavy energy – what is a heavy energy drain for you both inside of work – and outside of work, if something drains your energy outside of work, well, don't do it. Yeah, you know, work out a new plan. So awesome. We were chatting before this episode, and I was chatting with John. I, we're going to, and we we'll probably do it next year. We might do some type of events in capital cities or something, or a, and we'll get Vanessa along. We'll do a couple of sessions, or because you do actually just um, next evolution performance your yep. business. Because there could be people here that have responsibility for large corporate teams yeah, who for sure. listen. So, what do you do for for businesses and individuals? Just recap what your business does. Yeah, absolutely. So, we do a mix between one to one coaching. So that's obviously the most intensive, most effective. Although, you know, we try to, we're trying to make change easy. So we don't want to take too many energy credits doing it. So some of the biggest feedback that we get is I didn't feel like I was on a program and that's really great. That's exactly how we want it to be. So there's one-to-one. And then there's also workshops that we do for teams. So a lot of the corporates will bring us in to do um, whether it's leadership, whether it's uh, performance, it might be the mindset and we can, we can split it up. So we can look at physical, we can look at mental, we can look at neural, some bits take longer than others, as you can imagine. Um, we can do it in series. We can do it in webinars. We can, you know, so many different delivery mechanisms that we can do depending on um, people's budgets and geographic and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we also run um, we run uh, open workshops now. So we used to just do closed workshops where the corporates would come in, but we've had so many um, so many people say, "Oh, actually, I really like to do this," or "I actually really like my." partner to do this or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whatever um you know how do i get them exposed to it so now we're running these workshops where um it's a full day but it's a really great price point for people to be able to come in and you know if you can get your work to pay see how you go um and a lot of people are doing that otherwise you know invest in yourself and that's it like if you want to help if you want to become the best version of you You jump onto the website ask your boss hey i want to do this can you send me and my coworkers along or yeah. can we get Vanessa and her team in mm. um, and get work to pay for it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So depending on how many people you've got as to whether you just want to send a couple, in which case open workshop, that's yep. a really great price point. If it's for the whole team, absolutely. And you've yep. got you know a whole lot more Love people, it. then yeah, let's do something tailored. Well, nice. Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. And it's been a great um, – for me, Like, what did you, we don't usually do this live, but what did you get out of this today, John? I got heaps out of it, yeah, because I, I, I talk a lot about time management and managing that, not not work-life balance, just time management, the 168 yep. hours in the week, how yeah. we're using them. But looking at it from a different angle today was uh, was refreshing. So, yeah, I, I, I really learned about the guilt thing. Mm. Like, yes, I, I kind of I vibe it out, work when I want to and work when I feel like it, but I'm just – the guilt is like, oh, I should be working. It's yeah. Monday, 2 p.m. and I'm watching James Bond or yeah. in the gut, like you should be working, whatever yeah. that is. So, yeah, I'm going to just really remove that guilt, I think. Just own it. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Just own it. So that, Hashtag. Yeah, so that was great. Uh, we'll end the episode now, but just after the um, end of the episode credits, just stay on the line, Vanessa, because I want to ask you something. Cool. All right. If you're ending the episode now, thanks for listening and see Thank you soon. You Bye.
If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on get help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Okay, real talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real stuff. Okay. I yeah. haven't even asked you if we can talk about this. Sure. <laughs> when you were putting your headset on earlier, yeah. I noticed the biggest <laughs> diamond of my life. Okay? Yes. Now, yeah. you made a passing comment. Um, let's talk about relationships, energy <sighs> credits. Yes. And don't have to use your personal journey, but just... What's some insight with – because it's it's cool that we're performing well at the office or in our life, but if you've got a relationship perhaps mm. that is toxic. And yep. for those listening, we have a episode booked with somebody who will come on, Amanda, and she's going to talk about – how to look for the signs of financial abuse yeah. in a relationship. So, I haven't told you that, John. No, thanks for that. <laughs> never tell him anything. No. It's not surprising, <laughs> yeah. Vanessa. Uh. So, yeah, like any two cents on that because you said you did have to wait for the – it was worth waiting for the right yeah. rock. I mean, the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great package. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, so true. And, uh, you know, I see so many people who are in relationships – which is just sucking the life out of them, yeah. and they don't realize it's it's it can be a self esteem issue. Um, it could be you know being alone for a lot of people is really scary. So even just being with someone, which is not great, is often better for some people than than being alone. And we're not we're, we're not judging that. What we want to find out is really you know if if you could learn to be a bit better alone and be really comfortable with yourself um, you know, and, and know what you want to do. And I think, you know, high performers, it's like they know that, and this is for me personally, like I am the only way that I have the ability to do what I do to be so successful is because I didn't have a bad relationship dragging me down. Like I had, you know, situations where I'm like, okay, this is really not ideal or, you know, but I always ended it because for me, I would rather be on my own than with someone that was draining a lot of my energy credits. And, um, and I just think that that, that works for me. And I think you'll find that when it comes to this idea of high performance, you've got to have the right partner and, you know, without it being too gender specific, you know, being a, being a female if you want to be successful, like being with someone who expects you to be staying home cooking, yeah. all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's not going to fly. That's just not going to work. So, you've just got to make sure. I think the right person, I mean, my my fiancé now, Scott, is just What up, Scott? Amazing. Shout out if you're listening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> He's just talking about too busy personal cooking. relationships. He's too busy cooking. <laughs> hey, Scott, three what's, what's for dinner, Scott? Come yeah. around. <laughs> But he's just – he's amazing, you know, and, and he he Jeez. he lets me if do – funny you single. It, you know? is, <laughs> it is the honeymoon period, right? They're only just nearly married. But he lets me do – he lets me do what I need to do. Like I love working. You know, mm. I love working. And so – and I've always been like that and I've always mm. – worked in in work that I've loved mm. and when I wanted to do something else then I moved to do something else but I love what I do and I love working and so it doesn't work to be with someone who 
doesn't support that and no. he loves working as well. Yeah, and I was yeah. about so to say the just it to works well. shoot down the old uh, patriarchy, how he, yeah. how you said he lets me do what I love. You yeah. also let him. I let him do Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. he loves working too. Yeah. So, if it, it just wouldn't work if it was, you know, one of us and the other person wanted the other one to yeah. work less or it's anything not. like that. It's got to be that, you know, that mutual respect. But I really love the fact that he loves the work that he does. I love the work that I do. Like mm. we, you've, I, for me, I'm really attracted to to people who love what they do. So, is the biggest risk you both having downtime to spend with each other because you're workaholics? Yeah, no, you would think so, but we're really good at making sure that the time that we have together yeah. is time together. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, not on the phones and, and we make sure that we have we have dinner together pretty much every night that we can. Obviously, I travel a bit and, and whatnot, but then when we're in Sydney, we do what we can have dinner at that time. We sort of, we, we make sure that pretty much, you know, six o'clock till eight o'clock after work, that's our, that's our time mm. together. And Before you're off so, to bed. Yeah, that's yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, but we carve out that time and we make it work. I see yeah. people who have plenty of time together, but they're not communicating. Well, yeah. I'd rather have really quality time and love what I do at work and then love our time together yeah. rather than, you know, have less time at work and then we're still not making it so quality time. right now, north of Brisbane, there's a young person, 25 years old, 24 years old. Yeah. They've been in a relationship for two years. Um they feel trapped. You know, they might, looking in, they might not look like, but they feel trapped. Guy or girl, doesn't matter what their partner is either. Um, what advice would you give to that person north of Brisbane right now yeah. who's listening to this? It really comes back to, I know this sounds simplistic, but it comes down to a change, accept, remove. Yeah. It comes down, and, and this is, you know, and I've had one of my clients who I've helped work through this with a marriage. Mm. You know, it's like we had to kind of work through, okay, what are you prepared to accept? And there's no judgment. Yeah. So what some people are prepared to accept in a relationship is different to other people and there's no judgment around that, but you've just got to be clear on what that is. Is the accept another word for compromise in a relationship? It or? can be. Yeah, okay. yeah mm. that's right. So some people will accept and compromise on certain things, other people won't, and there's no judgment on what that is. But once you've worked out what you're what you're going to accept, then you need to fully accept. Uh, and that means you can't bring it up in four weeks' time. You can't complain no. about it to anyone who will listen. It's like that needs to yeah, be okay. In. And if that's not okay, well, then we need to work out on what can we change. Yeah. And if there's a disconnect between what can be changed, um, you know, and, and often people don't ask for what they need. So if we can help communication and just say, hang on, can I just get more of this or less yeah. of this or whatever, often that's enough to solve the problem. How, how's this? Um, do you know Peter Diamatidis? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Peter was on the podcast a couple of months ago and we talked about dreams, goals and all that. Great. And a friend of mine who never listened to the podcast, like my best friends don't even listen to my freaking podcast. Um, he says they to me the other life. day, um, oh, I had to listen to one of your podcasts the other day. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's newly married, 12 months married. And he said, and it was about dreams and goals and all that. And he said, it just hit me. I had never asked his new wife in the last year what her goals were. Oh, yeah. I never, I just assumed that this is what we're doing. So, yeah, really amazing. So, yeah. Mm. But, so, um, often we just need to ask. Yeah. You know, we need to, we need to communicate. So, if we can communicate better and get something changed, for sure. So, let's do that. Accept what was your three things? Yep. So, work out what you're prepared to accept. Yes. And if you're not prepared to accept it, and that means like you're not, a, not prepared to let something go, all right, if you can't accept something, then it comes down to change. Okay, and then as the last resort out of a relationship, if you can't accept it and it's just not possible to change it, well, that's your third choice. But if you're dancing between all of those, oh, maybe I can't accept that. No, I can't. Okay, well, maybe I want to change it. No, I can't. That, like The longer you spend dancing, yeah. that's taking a lot of energy credits. Do you reckon – I've always used this saying, and I don't know if it's true, like if you don't know, the answer's no. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd I don't know, like, something like that. Like, it's, uh, it's something that's like, if it's not a, hell, not yeah, a hell yeah, <laughs> I'm a soft no. I don't know. Like, it's. 
Personally, anyway. for me, that's true. Yeah. But it's, you apply to your temperament, I guess. Again, well. different people. Mm. Just, yeah. Different people want different things from yeah, a relationship. Hard, mm. So there's no judgment on what people want and, and what they shouldn't do. It's more just does it line up? If something's sucking a whole stack of energy credits from you that you could be that you want to use in different ways where you got the choice. I was coaching a guy once who, uh, this was kind of, well, not funny, but sort of funny. And um, he was really successful, super fit guy. And he was, um, and I said, okay, so on the, and running a really great business. Okay. So for the next level of ramping up this business, how many energy credits do you need for work? He goes, oh, probably about 70. I went, okay, great. And then he was really tired and he was just like, oh, and I'm like, what am I missing? He's eating well, he's, he's uh. exercising a lot, business going great. And then I'm like, wait a second, what are you not telling me? And sure enough, it all came out that he had this toxic relationship. They broke up. He started seeing someone else. This person found out about that person while they were the classic on a break. And then, and it was just, and these two, which it was just mental. I said, yeah. So I said, okay, how many energy credits are you giving to this situation? And he said, oh, probably about 70 to 80. I went, well, you (laughs) did a math, dude. I said, you can stay with this and have this situation, mm. but you don't get the work success or you can go for that. You look at the, um, the career of Tiger Woods when he went through the relationship <laughs> breakdown yeah. and the divorce. Like, mm-hmm. so this is turning into Dr. Phil. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but hey, you've again, you nail the thing in the mirror yeah. and the money will follow. Yeah, that's all we've got to do, peeps. Yep, so it all depends on your goals. Yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. The, the bigger so, the goals. Awesome. Yeah. The more you got to manage those energy credits. Totally. So, yeah. thank you so much for hanging around for that little. I put you on the spot. Fantastic. <laughs> I Good. Don't, that ring's probably worth over 10 grand. Oh, <laughs> and that's the first part of it. All right. Oh, sorry, yeah. Vanessa, you're still here. That's a, de- that's a deposit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.